This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Together. Uh, this time you have Dr. Kelly and Samuel oh boy. Um, on the podcast. So we're really excited to have you all back uh, for this. You know, if this is your first time joining us for Together, uh, you are in for a treat. And uh, if this is not, glad to have you back uh, for Together as well. And so, uh, Kelly, hey, we've got two amazing guests today, uh, two people who are near and dear to my heart. Um, I have known these two individuals for uh, at, at least seven years and uh, their story and their uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. How many kids? y'all? You know, like six kids uh, are, are amazing. And so I've got a chance to experience all of them. And uh, man, they are some amazing parents. So yeah. I am so excited for tonight to get to talk to Nick and Dolores. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, as Kelly mentioned, um, our family today is Nick and Dolores Milton. And uh, just wanted to just introduce them. And uh, hey, Nick, Dolores, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, uh, as Sam mentioned, uh, friends for at least seven years, uh, you know, through the church. But uh, um, uh, born and raised Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, you know, working utility industry and we got six amazing children, five teenagers, three. We have three juniors in high school. Oof. We have, well, in 11 days, we I just realized that, well, in two weeks, we'll actually have three seniors, one sophomore, and one freshman. Okay, Nick, I'm Wait. already tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am, you, wow. Yeah, and then a three-year-old. And so, yeah, that is. Uh, that yeah, is awesome. That is us. Honey? Yeah. Um, to piggyback off of Nick, um, I was born and raised in actually, um, Flint, Michigan, moved here when I was nine, I believe, um, and pretty much been here ever since, um, graduated from Ottawa Hills, um, sibling of, there's four of us, the oldest of the four, um, yeah, and that's pretty much who I am. (laughs) That's awesome. So for you two, now this is a funny, interesting backstory, uh, Dolores, you're from Flint. I am. My wife's from Flint. Yeah. And then uh, you have uh, six kids. Six. Um, bless you. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and in that space, too, you all got a chance to meet. And so just I just want to hear a little bit more. So um, for you, Nick and Dolores, when did you all get married? How long, In fact, how long have you all been married? We got married in 2012. That used to be a fun joke between <laughs> us because, you know, as a, as a man, you're always worried. Do I remember the our anniversary date? And uh, well, I fortunately earlier in our in our marriage, my wife couldn't remember either. So <laughs> I just knew we just knew it was in April, and yeah. we always traveled in April. Um, and so we knew we would celebrate in April, but we would always debate on what, what date. Well, did what, we actually, what April date? April 14th. Did you hear that significant pause? <laughs> there was. Make sure you get it right. Make sure you get it right. Yeah, we typically have to practice that often. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Julie awesome. and I, this is April 9th. Nice. So oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. April's an awesome month to get married. Yes, it is. Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, just to be, sometimes we like to ask this question maybe what's an interest that you have that you are like really excited about during this season? Uh, what's one of your favorite interests right now? think as we were you know talking a little bit ahead of time is certainly to travel you know it's uh summer season comes around and it's nice outside and you know we uh you know try to you know keep that incorporate that in in our lives i mean again we go back to you know the best advice we ever got on our wedding night was you know, so many couples came to us season season seasoned couples and they would say hey make sure you travel together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the best advice we had ever gotten. They were so serious. They sincerely looked just in the, in the eyes of t- together. And they were like, I'm talking to the both of you travel together. And so we try to break it up between, you know, just the two of us actually getting away, away from the six kids. And so we, we certainly do those, those trips. And then at the same time, you know, still doing the family trip and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and spreading those through the you know uh, course of the year. But summer season is my wife's favorite. She, 
really can't stand weather in Michigan in the winter. I don't understand it. You know, she's still not used to it, but (laughs) it's my favorite time of the year. Um, the other passion I have during this season is the beach. Um, I don't like to swim. I don't like the sand. I just like to go to the beach. That's <laughs> nice. What's your favorite beach, Dolores? Um, I'd have to say Grand Haven. Yeah, yep, it's yep. a good one. Yeah. like to go get ice cream, eat a pronto pup, and yeah. hang out at the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nice. Yes. So let's go back to that. I'm curious to hear what you guys talk about this, and that is because I agree with you. I think that, because I had never, we've never heard that on the past podcast before about yeah. just the importance of travel as a couple. Mm-hmm. Like practically and like, how has that been important for you guys in terms of you as a couple? Well, we'll go back to when we initially, you know, we, we planned it for every April, you know, for our anniversary to travel away. And we, you know, over, you know, first, you know, first year you kind of soak it in, you know, I think we went to Mexico and, you know, we enjoyed it. And, but we realized this is our opportunity to charge and learn each other. And so uh-huh. we mm-hmm. took that as an opportunity. Every time we, we, we traveled for our anniversary, we would do that check-in. What has changed? You know, our, the marriage is organic. It, we're constantly changing and evolving and growing and our interests change. And so we would check in with each other and say, hey, where are you at now? What is, what, are, what am I doing well? <laughs> what do I need to improve in? Um, where, you know, what's just that status check? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's going really well for us. And I think also um, we tried to balance the first few years of marriage. It was just us. It was, oh, we're going to go away. We're going to escape. We're going to recharge. And then um, we realized probably about four or five years into that, our kids started going. But what about us? When do we go away? Uh When is our turn? So then I went to my husband and it was shortly after probably like the fourth or fifth Christmas together, we would break up our Christmas money and each kid would try to, we try to make sure it was equal because we were still trying to learn how to do the whole blended thing. So we'd find ourselves spending thousands of dollars on Christmas gifts to have them every year um, (laughs) either not remember or they open their gifts and they're ungrateful or they just didn't appreciate what we gave them. So I had come up with the idea and said, you know what? They want to travel. We will take the opportunity at Christmas just to make it where we buy. Instead of buying Christmas gifts, you go on vacation. So it became our yearly tradition together to do that at Christmas time. Well, not even, not just to mention just the, well, it was that one Christmas. If you remember, honey, we, we I think we're approaching Christmas time. We asked the question, what did you know? What did you get last year? And and it was amazing to see how many could not remember what they actually got from the from the previous year. And that's when we we're like, OK, this sure. is, we got to change this up. And then in addition to that, you know, you you know, it's a blended family. So you're you're always trying to manage, you know, what is the what does it look like? What are the what are the traditions for the holidays? You know, going to all the different, you know, spending time in all the different households and making that all work. And so we got to the point where we said, well, let's create our own tradition. This is the, you know, this is the Milton bunch. And, you know, we, we got, we got so much that we're bringing together here and, uh, you know, let's start our own tradition. And that's when, that's when we started doing that every, uh, Christmas, New Year, we would, you know, find the opportunity to travel, you know, and take that big trip as a family. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is really amazing because what you guys are getting at with that, which we hear so often in our society is you're creating experiences versus, you know, just buying your kids things. So, so cool. That's awesome. And so I do want to add this really cool caveat, literally in studio right now is joining us a is a fifth guest now you would first time yeah first time ever you know and you're like fifth guest who is this fifth guest i think you only have four chairs in that studio mm-hmm. well we have five and uh nick who is this illustrious guest that has joined us well, this is the boss of the house so this is uh this is victoria milton our three-year-old and she's she's attached to the hip that is uh, great where, wherever mommy and daddy go that's and it's funny because she never refers to us just mommy or daddy. It's yeah. all mommy, daddy. No, that's <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> all right. So we, as, as our listeners are hearing this, I hope you get the pleasure of hearing Victoria in the background. This is really organic because again, you're, you're talking to now a family of six and you're talking about a wide range of, of age here. While we might be focusing on teens, we're really focusing on the family dynamic and they have an amazing story. And so uh, Kelly, yeah. You want Samuel, to go? Yeah. I got a really important question for yeah. Dolores and Nick, and that is, 
How did all of this start? Because you guys have a very unique story. So let's 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 dive in. Would you like to take this one, honey? <laughs> um, he always tells the story so much different than I, I do. Well, let me jump in. I always tell it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. <laughs> Take it away. No, my no, Dolores, Dolores, go ahead. I want to hear the real story. <laughs> so from the beginning, um, I was a senior in high school um, and he was a junior. Uh, we had a psychology and a law class together um, and not really paying much attention to a lower classman. I was minding my own business. Um, we actually end up having the same favorite teacher, which happened to be the psychology and law mm-hmm. teacher. So apparently Miss Sturdivant felt like it was very important for Nick and Dolores to officially meet each other. And we became um, prosecutor and defense attorney on a case. A mock trial. (laughs) Mock trial. Um, So then, of course, obviously, we had to um, interact with each other and had a very heated interaction. Um, (laughs) After that, um, Nick started he started flirting quite a bit with me. And, you know, again, being a senior, I was like, oh, he's a lower classman. I would never. <laughs> so before I knew it, um, he put the charm on hard and um, one day gave me a note asking me, uh, will you go out with me? Check yes or no. That's right. <laughs> I was totally blown old back school. by that. Old school. Um, but I thought it was very sweet. <laughs> that very is kind. old school. Yes. <laughs> I kept the note actually for a few years after that. Um but after that, we dated for a year. Um, I graduated and um, Nick became a senior and we thought we could make it work. But, um, you know, me going to college and wanting to be older and him being a lower classman never really figured out how to, you know, how do we make this work <laughs> as a high schooler? So um, we end up breaking up, going separate ways. Um, Who broke up? It was really odd because I don't think there was ever an official conversation about the breakup. We kind of just stopped talking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you remember, <laughs> we, we give my sister a hard time now. Uh, you know, at the time she owned the phone. Because remember back then you didn't. That's true. If, yes. if, if the line was busy, the line was busy, you know. And so, you know, she, you know, you had the beep in, but my, my sister would always be on the phone and it yes. got to the point where she'd click over and Dolores say, you know, is Nick there? No, he's not here. <laughs> and wouldn't, wouldn't return the message. You know, there's no cell phones. There's no way, you know, no way to, you know, communicate, you know, different, you know, outside of that. So, you know, we were, we were, when we were in high school, it was kind of the, the emergence of, you know, of, uh, you know, having all the, you know, the electronic mm-hmm. capabilities that we do today. So, yeah. So you guys went your separate ways mm-hmm. and Nick, what, what happened with your life? And we, then Dolores, you can share your part. Well, I mean, uniquely enough, I mean, you know, it. uh, I, I went on, I, you know, I dated, uh, I had a long-term relationship and, uh, you know, out of it, you know, two beautiful children. And, um, um, and I think, uh, you know, that relationship, you know, uh, came to an end and, Amazingly enough, when we ran back into each other, um, it was seven years later. Wow. Um, wow. Seven years later. Um, and uh, at that time, um, it was my birthday. It was it was an, it was such a you know, circumstance. It was such an odd circumstance. None of those things would have probably happened on a normal. You know, and that's what was so unique about the day. You it was my it was my birthday. My father, you know, called, you know, called me over and he needed help in, you know, doing something with, uh, you know, in his house. He needed me to move some stuff. And my father is, you know, actually, you know, fairly old. And, um, you know, and so he's I'm over helping out and he actually didn't even remember it was my birthday. So I'm thinking I'm thinking he's calling me over for my birthday. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know. And so, you know, we're laughing about that. And I have to take him to the gas station, get him some, you know, uh, fill up his uh, gas can as we're standing there. Again, adding on a day that's my birthday, not out celebrating my birthday, not you know, you know, just you know, helping help my dad doing running some errands at a gas station I never go to <laughs> on this particular day, and wow. we look and I look over, and as I'm sitting there at the gas pump, she's at the pump next, and I'm we just look over. We hadn't seen each other since high school. Wow, amazing. Had not seven seen years or talked yep. to each other, wow. even though you're both living in Grand Rapids. Yes. Yeah. Wow. We never moved. You know, wow. We had not seen or talked to each other in seven years. 
And when she, you know, when she looked over, we locked eyes. It was, it was magical. Wow. I mean, it, it really was. I mean, it was like, wow. You know, and, you know, I think it is one of those deals where a lot of the emotions, you know, of, yeah. you know, the, you know, the closure just kind of just started flooding in. And, you know, you certainly, you know, wanted to seize that opportunity. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, she cannot get away. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I years. know what you did. You wrote a note <laughs> and you just ran over to her, handed it to her, and it said yes or no, right? Is that is that how it went down? I, I think I recall okay. it that way. I, I think okay. so. Yeah. <laughs> so listeners, that might be your go-to if you're single. <laughs> it works the note every method time. Works. It works <laughs> every time. How about for yourself, Dolores? Um, it was funny because uh like he said the the rush of closure like all came back because we never really had an actual breakup so it was really odd um you know you'd hear people um around the way that we uh, we both knew that would run into each other but we would never see each other so it was really cool um 7 years had gone by i had just um finalized my divorce um had gotten myself back into school. Um, so I was in school full time, working two part time jobs. I was a single mother for the first time. So um, not having myself together, I was actually at the gas station taking one of my good friends before we went for a drop in dance class. So I was like rumbling through my purse trying to find my wallet and I look up and there he's standing. So it was really interesting. And of course, he in his Nick fashion confidently walked over and it was like <laughs> we had never stopped talking. So he really, it was really kind of cool because the the, the rush of fear of, oh, my God, is he mad? Is he going to be angry? You know, what do we say to each other? It never happened. It was like we had never stopped talking. So obviously we exchanged numbers and we just history came all back. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, the rest was history and we've not been apart since. That's yeah, a no. really beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what was your first date? <laughs> Oh, probably, uh, I think at the time you were dancing at the haunt, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. I uh, was, uh, I had a part-time gig at the haunt for Halloween. So he <laughs> came out and watched me dance as a zombie. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think it's a thriller, right? I think yes. that's what it was. Michael Jackson. Yes. Michael Jackson. Yes. Uh, doing the yep. Michael Jackson. So then dance. afterwards we, uh, went out to eat, mm -hmm. um, and just hung out. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> now, did you guys immediately know that? This is it, or it took a while, and how long did it take? That's interesting. I mean, yeah, answer you, that one. Nick. Well, I mean, <laughs> when you when you get together, you 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 know, all the all the feelings flood back in terms of us and what our relationships and our feelings were towards each other, you know, and uh, you know and those are certainly strong. But then you realize seven years have yeah. passed, right? Seven years have passed, and there's a lot uh, that has changed, and there's a lot of additional as most, you know, it sounds derogatory, but there's a lot of extra, there's baggage at that point. You mm -hmm. have to take that inventory mm -hmm. of what that is and, you know, and collectively come together. And so seven years, you know, just to elaborate, we come together and my son, she is, uh, at the, I think at the time was four or she had twin boys that were four. So all, all three boys or, uh, yeah, yeah. Four years old. And, I had a daughter, she had a daughter, and they were both two. So, wow. so again, you're, you're looking at it. You have three four-year-olds and two two-year-olds, and you're you're looking, you know, you're saying, okay, <laughs> oh, how do, you know, okay, how can this work? You know, I did not plan for a vehicle big enough for, you know, for, for getting us where we need to go. <laughs> sure. And, you know, and how does that, you know, essentially look? And so and we, we really did do, you know, we dated for a while and really just, you know, get, you know, um, you know, better understanding of each other. And I, I think it really, the, the feelings were there and we always say, I mean, it was the perfect storm to make it work. I mean, they're, it's difficult. It is extremely difficult to come together and work through, um, you know, the exes and, you know, the, the other co-parents and, mm -hmm. and incorporating them into your lives and into your routines and, and, uh, you know, managing their emotions, you know, to the, you know, to the relationship. Um, but, but all the while, you know, still managing, you know, five, you know, five young children that are full of energy, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, are all unique in their own ways. And, you know, you're trying to make sure they're all getting everything that they need. And uh, it's stressful. It is. And it mm -hmm. is, it is extremely, you know, difficult, but 
you know, at the same time, I mean, we, we, we looked at each other and said, we're in this and, you know, and really from there, bumps and bruises and, you know, going through the process, you know, you, you look at it and you, it, it does, you know, and you look, you look back and it ends up being a really good story. And I think, I think to, um, to the question, it was also important that while we were in the, do we really want to do this stage? It was important that we always came back to center of each other because I, like I said, I was coming out of a divorce. He was coming out of a relationship and we both had responsibilities that came with that. And it was Mm -hmm. like, how do you balance all of this? So I think it was very important that we always took a moment to just say, okay, is this what we really want to do? Are you sure you (laughs) want to do this? And I, I just appreciated in the beginning as important as everything else was, we kept each other first Mm -hmm. and it was, are you good with this? Are you okay with this? And that was a crucial part of when I decided I'm willing to sacrifice. Are you? And, you know, we just always had a check-in point where we knew you got to check with each other. Otherwise it's just going to get out of control really fast. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, that was the important part when it was back to making the decision of, are we going to be a us? Mm. Yeah. We, I mean, we dated for a year and we're engaged and within a year we're married, you know, or so two years total, two years dating. you know, so the engagement was a year long. Yeah. So two years dating and then married. Wow. Wow. I can, you know, as you're all talking, especially you, Dolores, that aspect of checking in, you know, I, I'm assuming that there's a space too where in your relationship, you know, with five kids navigating, you know, careers and all the things that you were doing. Like God had to play some level of a, a extreme focus, you know, Dolores, I know your mom. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> you just talk yes. about a faithful lady, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and so like being able to be in those spaces together in a growing relationship with your kids. I'm, I'm just wondering now, how did how did God or how did faith play a role in your relationship? It, it was everything. That's the only way. That's the only reason we're here today. I mean, yeah, we definitely we, a lot I, of prayer. We honestly owe that to God. I mean, we. You know, when we uh, initially started, um, you know, started dating, I, I was not I did not belong to a church um, when we when we first started dating. And um, I just had just, a, you know, uh, I, I knew of God. I believed in God, um, but uh, but did not, you know, have a church to, to go to that I called home. Um, and um, so when we when we ran into each other, we started dating. That was that was a staple of her life. And, and so that was really and you know, it's an easy transition to say, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's let's incorporate this into our lives." Now, at the time, you know, she was at a, you know she was at a church that she was working at, and you know, and I and I think that's when you start to learn because you know I'm a babe in Christ at that time, and you sure. know, and I'm trying to learn, you know, okay, how do I you know fit in? And um, but I didn't necessarily have the greatest. Uh, I, I it didn't the the feel of that particular church didn't suit me and you know but that was that was it was what I needed I needed that introduction to get in you know yeah. get into um, the word and understand what worked for me and, and that's when you know we had the opportunity where we visited I think mom went first we visited another church and I looked at her I said this is this is where we're going and and I think what we transitioned and saw was we went from her leading us getting to church yeah. to me leading, you know, us going to church. This is where we belong. This is, you know, and really fully taking that role as the head of the household, the the priest of the household and really taking on that ownership. And I mean, from there, the growth was just exponential, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to pray, you know, to pray, to get guidance, to get wisdom and our decision-making improved our financial decisions, you know, improved, um, you know, the, you know, the health and behavior of our children's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, you know, and we really can point to that. And Nick, you're saying something here because I, and you're being very transparent, um, in this space because I know of so many husbands and listeners who in this space, have the the challenge of if their wife or their loved one is more quote unquote spiritual mm-hmm. than the other one, or they're the one that often is going to church, is active in the church, and the husband comes along and is maybe not in that space yet. Yep. <laughs> and so you're telling a story that is um, actually not as rare as you think, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And I think in that space, I want to uh, 
to applaud you for that, to be share like how that happened and also the space of what that began to do as it turned around us. And now I want to lead. I want to be the priest of my home. So God lead me in how to do that. So mm-hmm. that way our family can grow. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Oh, absolutely. Dolores, what's your thoughts about the whole faith? Um, well, like Sam had mentioned, my mom, we were born and raised like you went to church religiously. <laughs> um, with the church I grew up in when here in Grand Rapids, we literally went to church seven days a week. Like you wow. did not miss a beat. So um, faith is and God have always been a huge foundation in my life. Um, and even in my first marriage, um, it was a big deal for me. And then I think once um Once me and Nick got together, I kind of had lost my way a little bit, you know, just kind of trying to figure it all out. And then it just came to in order for it to work. I knew that God had to be first. And so, um, you know, at the church I was going to at the time, I also was an assistant. So it was really convenient to obviously go to services Um, and he would come and visit. And he's like, man, this just really feels really old. Uh-huh. So, you know, and then it was like, OK, but he would go here and there and it would kind of be a forced thing for me. And I know in my own prayer closet, it was God. I know that you are always been a foundation for me and any man that I marry, you know, and raise my children with. You have to be first. So I just believe that God always answers prayers, you know, and prayers of a wife, a wife are very fervent. So I just feel like God just truly answered the prayer of Mom went to a different church and Nick was willing to try it out and he fell in love. So I was like, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, I didn't I, I, Speaking of prayer, it is, it's funny because mom always tells a story. Mm-hmm. She always reminds us. She says, I've been praying. She, she looked, she looks me square in my eyes and she tells me this was we a fantastic relationship. Mm-hmm. She looks me in the eyes and says, I've been praying for you as her husband. I didn't know your name. When I was praying for you, I didn't know where you were coming from, but I've been praying for you since, you know, since you were a baby, you know, Mm. and, and it's amazing, you know, that she tells that story so often and Mm -hmm. and she always goes and she does it, you know, she reminds us very often of this is, this is what I envision for, you know, my daughter and what that should look like. And then I always joke as, as a kid, you know, I I grew up in inner city, you know, Rapids and, you know, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I have I have family that you know they 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 didn't you know they didn't get out of out of the inner city without you know blemishes in terms of you know criminal records and you know and getting into trouble and all the different things that typically come along with that and I just always felt like I had that protective angel over me at all times you know to walk out of you know walk out of those situations and you know the person next to you a friend a family that that doesn't and you do, you know, you're like, okay, you know, and that, that was always where my faith always recognized, you know, that, uh, you know, God is playing a part. And and to this day, I always think, man, is that, you know, is that mom, you know, is that mom part of mom's prayers, you know, early, you know, when, when I was, when I was younger, you know, that's so beautiful, Nick, Mm -hmm. that you can talk about your mother-in-law that way. Love you that know, woman. yeah, yeah, because that's another. I mean, I mean, you guys know yeah. the jokes about mother-in-laws. <laughs> you exactly. know, normally there's no positive thing said, but well, you are just, you know, even to the point you're calling her mom. You mm-hmm. know, and yeah. well, I mean, if you think about it, you you know, you leave the nest as the you know as the as the as the man, you leave the nest, and you you know the daughters typically stay with their mothers, and so for me. If I'm going to spend most of my time, you know, I'm going to spend my time with my wife who's going to naturally be near her mother, near her family. I I darn well better enjoy that, you know, that experience. And, you know, and that that should work and that should be a priority in making sure that that relationship works. And that is a strong relationship because that's where you're going to spend a majority of your time. Absolutely. And I often do have to remind him that that is my mother. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are your thoughts about that, Dolores, about that special relationship Nick has with your, I mean, again, that does not happen in a no. lot of marriages. No, and it doesn't because unfortunately in my first marriage, it did not happen. Um, my ex-husband and mother-in-law, mother, sorry, did not have the best relationship. And that was really hard for me because I always felt very torn um, and I always felt like I had to choose. So Again, in that prayer closet of, okay, God, these are the things that happened in the first marriage that I cannot go into a second one with. So it was just a matter of in my prayer closet, 
God just knew how to meet every need, as they always say, and as he always proves to be faithful. It was one of those things on my checklist that I was like, God, I need my husband to be able to get along with my family because we're very family oriented. So for me, it just it's it's an awesome thing because, like I said, me and my husband fight all the time because he'll say, "Mom, this," and I'm like, "That's my mom." <laughs> so it's actually kind of cool seeing my husband and my mother's relationship because she treats him literally like her son. That's cool. Yeah. So let's dive in. A big part of our episode tonight is talking about blended family, and you guys have kind of given us an overview of how that has occurred in your marriage and in your life. And like, what are some key learning lessons? Uh, that you you both have learned along the way in terms of blending a family? Um, I think for me, uh, just thinking back over our seems like forever journey, <laughs> um, the key is always remember blending. Um, it's so hard. It's so easy, I should say, to forget what it means to actually blend because you naturally have your children and you know how you raise them and how you function and how you have to get through life. And then you it's so easy to forget that these stepchildren that you're taking in don't know you and they don't know how you parent and they don't know how you raise and you don't know them. And so it's just important along the way and along their journey of treating them like human beings, remembering we're all blending. We're all learning to be an ingredient in this thing called family and we all got something to contribute. So it's just a matter of how does the ingredient mix? How do we make a recipe for success as a family? So I think that was always something that I've tried to keep on the forefront of you're not doing it the way I need it done. And then I have to remember they're part of the ingredient. <laughs> so mm, that's, that's so good, good Dolores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, I, I think um, my, my childhood groomed me perfectly to be a stepfather. Uh, you know, I had, um, I, I did have I had two different stepfathers growing up. One who, showed me the wrong way to be a stepfather sure. um, and another who showed me the absolute perfect way, you know, to be a father. And, um, you know, to the point where our relationship was so strong, um, you know, I mean, even, even in his passing, you know, it was, you know, you, you, there was you, you, the relationship we had was just, you know, was if not stronger than, sure. you know, his own biological children. And, you know, and there was, um, you know, so I knew what it, felt like to be loved by mm. a man that was not your biological father. Mm. And I also knew what it felt like to not be loved, you know, or not feel loved by a man that's not your biological father. So I, I did, I did have a lot of frame of reference to come into that situation. And I think honestly, you, you really do have to be honest with yourself in those situations. When you, when you have a blended family, you are looking at that situation. I mean, we, we joke all the time how the kids pick up, you know, just genetically pick up traits and habits and personality, you know, especially like personality traits from like, you know, from their, from the co-parents that you're like, that's not, you know, like we, that's not a learned behavior, you know, that's not something we do in this household at all, but yet it still will show up in their behavior and things of that nature, you know? And so, you you do have to recognize, like even you know, like I said as a stepfather, you know, or step parent. Period. There's going to be some things that aren't of you, and that sometimes you know you have to you have to look at that and realize that's that's what is unique about this child. And even though it doesn't come from me, because it's so easy to just love what comes from you mm-hmm. to understand and love something that comes from you know from someone else. Wow. That's, I mean, it's huge. And, you know, and you, you have to first off recognize it and be honest with yourself because, you know, there, you may not necessarily like it, you know, it may, you know, come off, you know, um, you know, a certain way, but then you have to recognize again, this is a unique individual. This is my role for them that, and I, I love them and, you know, and take them in um, as they are. Um, and that, and that's, it's very important to recognize that with a blended family. Um, you know, furthermore, they're so unique mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we learned that very quickly because especially very easy for us to look at the situation and say, we got three, three, tw- you know, we always joke twins and triplets. Well, <laughs> you could approach that one way and say, all right, well, I'm going to treat it like triplets. We're going to handle you this way and twins. We're going to hand you this way. 
No, it's five individuals, you know, five individuals that Mm -hmm. are going to have different needs at different times. And you have to be able to adapt and adjust to whose light, (laughs) as mom would always say, whose light is shining, you know, the brightest at that time Mm -hmm. and be able to be, you know, you know, very agile, you know, and and what and what you do and where your attention goes when it comes to that. But and I think it's very important and crucial to be flexible. Um, Flexibility is going to get you a long way. And that's something that we obviously did not learn in the beginning (laughs) um, because you're so stuck in your ways. And this is how I parent and this is how I handle if it was my kid. And, you know, you got to get rid of the mine versus yours. Um, And I know that is so easy to do, um, but it is just something that you have to commit yourself to. How can I be flexible? Um, Because they're going to bring me something different every moment because they all are so different. So I can't handle every single one of you the same. So you have to be flexible and you have to just stick to the commitment of I am a step parent that is stepping in the gap and we're trying to make this family work. So I just think those are key things that you're going to need. What was a, uh, what was a time or something that you learned that maybe needed to be changed? And so you altered course in how you guys were parenting your children like what what might have been one of those learning lessons <laughs> I, i'm gonna take this one so <laughs> i think i think for me the biggest one was probably when they the transition from tweener to teens mm. in that transitional period mm-hmm. that there's no handbook to being a parent and so for us i mean really because of how close in age they are it's you're for the first time raising five teenagers mm. and you don't have a frame of reference. You don't have parents that could say, Hey, I know how to raise five teenagers at once. You know, you know, we're, you know, in, in our circle, in our, in our family, in our circle, we're the only ones that are experiencing that. And so the transition though was very, very important as they started to turn into teenagers, we had to come together and recognize we like, they, they, we can't handle them like kids anymore. They're teenagers. We have to loosen the reins. We have to allow for experiential learning for them. They are, that's the only way, you know, they're going to, you know, process and make their own decision-making. And so through that process, we tried to loosen the reins a bit more, but just set up those guardrails, you know, so send, you know, step back, let them feel like they have the freedom set the guardrails, you know, so that they don't fall too hard, Um, you know, and that, that was, that was really something that we, we, but, you know, we bought up initially when they were transitioning, you know, as you, cause you don't realize it, man, these are teenagers now, you know, you still look at them as just, you know, your little kids. Sure. And so as they finally, once you have that, you know, we talked to each other and said, okay, we have to adjust on how we're how we're raising them, um, and, um, and 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 once, as soon as we did that, then it became more communicative. You know, communicative. We we're talking to them. We're you know we're talking things out with them. Um, they're giving you know their perspective. They're 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 trying. We're trying to allow them to make decisions, and and so we we ask for the feedback. What? How are you making your decisions? Let's let's just walk through that so we can build confidence they would say how can we how can we get more freedoms or how can we prove that to you you know you're right okay we'll give it to you tell me what your thought process is that gives me confidence to know okay you you have sound logic in terms of what decisions you're making and that's going to allow us to continue to give you more and more responsibility and i think something that we also learned in parenting is it's so easy to get caught up in they're getting older and they're changing and they're they're going through their transition. But it's also important for you to realize as a parent, so do you. So um, it's it's a relationship. And that's, I think, something that often gets forgotten because as a parent, you have the responsibility. You're responsible for raising this child. But I don't think it's it's easily taught that as a parent, you're growing, too, mm. and you're going to bump your head, too. And to Nick's point of raising five kids at one, five teenagers at one time, you don't get that one that goes first that you go, <laughs> oh, crap. OK, I messed that one up. Now I got to learn with this next one. But it was just more of remembering that I'm growing, too, and I'm not going to get it right, you know, all the time. So transparency is also very crucial, something we learned a little too late. Um You have to be transparent. And there was a lot of conversations of, look, I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm trying to figure this out with you. 
Um, and so it's just being transparent and being honest because you don't have to be perfect. Um, so something that we had to learn to change was, like he said, to our approach was also we're going through transition together. You're changing as a kid. I'm changing as a parent. How do we change the rules to fix what you're going through? How do we adjust our parenting styles to what you're facing? How do we stay relatable? You know, how do we take this authoritative figure and not make it so threatening so that you can take on what I'm saying? How do I set these guard rules and guardrails and boundaries for you without making you feel like, as they often reminded us, I'm not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always it's all of these different things that you're trying to, again, it always just comes back for me like a recipe. OK, so now I got a new recipe for how to raise a teenager. All right. Now what? You know, and I think the. The hardest time for us was probably middle school is when it started. It was like, okay, they're not children anymore, as the, as Victoria often says. Um, so you just have to learn how to be able to be flexible. So, Nick, both of both you and Dolores are saints. Like, seriously, I, I just hearing that just how many. So walk me through again. You have two seniors and three juniors. So we're obviously at the end of the school year. So I got two weeks left in school. So after two weeks, we next year will have three seniors, one sophomore and one freshman. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's huge. And and Kelly, I was actually gonna ask you, like you had I'm 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 way far too young in this parental game to, so I'm literally taking everything that y'all are saying and taking it into my memory banks. Kelly, you at one point in time had two teens, mm-hmm. two teen boys, mm-hmm. um, 27 and 25 now. <laughs> right. Thank God. Yes, right. You survived. They're adults and being adults. Right. <laughs> Kelly, what, man, what would you add? Maybe you have a story or two that you would add to this space of just trying to raise two teenagers. And, well, just yeah. listening to Nick and Dolores, I I mean, they were spot on. I mean, you got to be flexible and you've got to parent uh, each child differently. Both of my sons are very different. Uh, one of the kind of questions I have for you guys. So my, my I have a my 27-year-old, he's Josiah. My younger one, Micah, he's 25. When they were in the house and they were in high school, they had a love-hate relationship. And it was more than hate. It was a leaned a little bit more into hate. Okay. And it actually, it was one of those things though, that was a major sorrow for me during that time. Mm -hmm. Because when I was in the midst of it, I thought, yeah, this is just not going to happen in part because they're very, I mean, they're like polar opposites. And um, just as a joke, I would always joke with them and say, hey, Josiah, you better learn how to love Micah because you're going to marry a Micah. Mm -hmm. And Micah, you better learn how to love Josiah because you're going to marry Josiah. And it's funny because they have. um, Now they're best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, like, what is the interaction between your kids? Like, how's that been? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely horrible. And remember, it was challenging for me, and I only had two. Yes, um, we joke, (laughs) and when they were little, it was like, oh, these boys are like a pack of wolves. And then as they've gotten older, you know, you hear the the warning signs of, oh, your girls are going to be hard, and you're going to face attitudes. And and it was like, I'd be going, so nobody's going to warn me about these boys' mood swings? It's like... So for me, it sucked because I have twins and they, you know, you're expecting this special bond between the two of them. And they are two boys that are literally just born on the same day. There is no, there's no special bond. There's no, we're best friends. We have each other's backs. No, it's keep your eye open because I'm going to get you when you sleep. Um, I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to sneak out. And if you tell, I'm going to kill you later. It's just Dolores, it's, that was just I and Micah. <laughs> Oh, and then it's like then you add Nikki um to the ring and it's like he's the referee that he's like egging it on so it's like none of the boys get along and then our girls they kind of just they don't fight which I guess that's a blessing they also don't really interact so Mm. it's really bizarre because it's like our girls are on opposite sides of the room and could go all weekend um, and not say two words to each other. And then you have the three musketeers downstairs that are ripping and running and tearing our house apart. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was amazing because as as a kid, when they were younger, it was. It was 
the pack, right? And so they're all playing. They're all, you know, in, in, you know, playing together. It was is as they became teenagers. That you know, you just kind of saw such differences in the personalities and interests, you know, and that's where you know it kind of it started to fluctuate, um, you know, especially when she mentions the twins because it's like that. That's why you know you look at it and I'm like. I reflect on my own childhood and, you know, I had, uh, you know, my, my stepbrother was a great ahead of me and they were like, we got along so well. It was like having the best friend, you know, living with me, you know? And so our circle of friends hung out together. We did everything together. And so you're, you automatically put that expectation, you know, on your children. Like, okay, this is is what I expect to see, you know? And so when it doesn't come into fruition like that and it starts to look differently, you're like, Whoa, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like what's, what's happening here? You know? And it's just, it, I think I, I would, I would pinpoint it down as you, you, you said it best Kelly. I mean, it's just differences there. They have different interests. And so as they're trying to learn how to be teenagers and, become young men and women, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're finding who they are separately. <laughs> and, but I do, I fully anticipate because we always joke with them, you know, that same, same, same sentiment. Hey, when, you know, when you guys get older, you're going to need each other. You're going to be around each other. You're going to, you're going to see each other all the time. You'll, you'll be making the costs to each other before you even call us, you know, to try to resolve things, you know, before you even bring in mom and dad into the picture. Yeah, that's so good. That's awesome. Well, you all, as we are going to be bringing this uh, podcast to the end, I have just one question. There are a ton of couples who are in this season of their life, you know, um, whether they're blending or they have teenagers um, in some way, shape or form. You know, they're they're looking for advice when they're sitting here listening to this podcast, wherever they are. What's maybe one piece of advice or one learned lesson that you could just kind of speak into the lives um, of those who are listening? Uh, I would say for me, um, because raising teenagers and, you know, all jokes aside, it probably is one of the hardest times in your life as a parent. It's absolutely hard. Um, And, you know, our journey has been rough. I mean, we've we've had we've had mental illness. We've had uh, runaway experiences. We've had suicide attempts. We've had um, the isolation. We've had. COVID quarantine for two mm-hmm. years where they feel like they've lost a whole part of their life. They've forgotten how to be social. And, you know, we've had uh, family vacations ruined because we're like, oh, we're going away together. And they don't say two words for us the whole time we're together. Mm. So I would say for me, I just often have to give me and my husband a pep talk and say, you know what? God gave these kids to us for a reason. We have the tools that we need. Um, and he's going to provide. He's going to give us everything we need. And even in those hard moments where I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. I'm beyond frustrated and I just feel like I'm failing. I just often remember I was once here as a kid myself, too. Amen. And yes, it's different because the newer generation is definitely different. But he's going to bring us out on the other side of this and they're going to be amazing human beings. And so I just always try to remind myself. Don't mishandle them because I don't want to get to that place where I'm not doing what he's called me to do in their lives. Mm, so so even in those frustrated moments where I'm like, I could probably put my hands around your <laughs> neck and nobody's going to know. I just have to really remind myself that they are truly I know it's cliche because they're like, oh, kids are a gift. But I truly have to for myself. I get humble because I remind myself that these are his Creatures. He created them and he trusted me with them. Mm, so so at the end of the day, I always my prayer when I'm frustrated with them is I always go back in my closet and I say, God, I give them back to you. I give them back to you. And I gave them back as little kids. And I give them back in this moment where they're 17, having a two year old temper tantrum. So <laughs> the best thing I can always tell people in your in your darkest place as a parent, because you'll have dark places, is just remind yourself they're going to come out on the other side of this. And so am I, there's a teaching moment for both them and me. And we're both just being stretched right now. So Mm. hang in there because they're going to grow up. And something my mom always has told me is you're going to come out on the other side and you're going to look back at these moments and go, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. good. That was so good. Dolores. And, you know, I, again, you know, maybe as a little bit of an encouragement to you, there are days now I had, we had a very, very rough spell during high school with our sons. And, uh, 
But there are even moments now where obviously I kind of like, oh, I wish I could go back to when they were like seven. Mm-hmm. And, but I also have times where I'm like, you know, I really had wonderful moments when they were in high school mm-hmm. and they were sometimes at each other's throats. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think uh, another important thing for parents in this stage to remember is uh, literally your kid does not have the front part of their brain fully formed. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because you see a dramatic change when they hit like 22. It's like they just start acting mature, normal, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the, and the way that they're supposed to supposed to be. Nick, what are your thoughts? I, I will put a, a nice bow on it. I mean, I think the, the one thing you have to remember, and this is for married couples that don't have children, you know, to not, you know, the the whole gamut. I mean, at the end of the day, you as times get difficult, especially with raising children, you always have to remember how the alignment should be. First and foremost, that's God at the top. Mm -hmm. God is the head of this household through, you know, through him, he's blessed our marriage, our union. And so that's the order. God first, then our union. And then being on the same page, (laughs) we're on it. We're in this together. We're let's, let's not go through this experience at each other, Mm -hmm. you know, or individually, let's go through this journey together. Mm -hmm. And that's oftentimes where we've, we, you know, we have to do that pause and reset and say, hmm, no, we, we, we don't have a proper alignment right now. And so let's make sure we have that proper alignment. Mm-hmm. Now we can now we can funnel through. And um, that's always the reminder we have to give to each other's. And uh, I, I would give that suggestion to any any married couple. Nick, Dolores. This has been fun. Amazing. <laughs> Listen, for you all to be as transparent and authentic about your story, but also giving some 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 diamonds, you know, about parenting and teens. Um, it's been amazing. It's been prolific. So we on behalf of together, we just want to thank you all. Um, for coming to uh, a church that, you know, you're like, oh, not been here before, you know, <laughs> and and coming here and just sharing your story for our listeners. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that someone's going to walk away and just be impacted by what you have, uh, what you've shared today. So thank, thank you for you. having us. It's yep. such an honor. Yes, of course. Now, Victoria, you've been waiting this whole time <laughs> to say something. Um, Victoria, are you still listening? It looks like she's yeah. in her in her yeah. thing. So. Do you want to say anything? You want to make an appearance? Say hi. There's no appearance from Victoria. Today. And that's okay. You know what? Um, for uh, Kelly and myself, um, this has been together. If you ever have any questions or, again, desires to uh, get more feedback about what's going on or just for care, don't forget to reach out to care at adabible.org. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to um, support you. Uh, maybe you're trying to figure out how to raise teens as well. Um, if you're looking for more information, we do have books and several resources for you. And uh, we would love to hear from you. So for Kelly and myself, Uh, this has been Together. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.